Welcome back to Gnostic Insights. My name is Dr. Sid Ropp, and I'm your host. Welcome back to Gnostic Insights. Last week, I began to read to you from the new book, and that was from chapter 13, The Tripartite Nature of Humankind, which, as a standalone episode, was called The Garden of the Threefold Order. This week, we're going to pick up from where we left off last week and carry on with chapter 13. The Garden of the Threefold Order is the fact that we have three natures to our being. We have our spiritual self, which is a direct reflection of the fullness of God. We have our psychical self or psychological self, which includes our egos. And then we have our physical or hylic, H-Y-L-I-C part, which is where we are in communion with the Demiurge. And that is what this episode is about. So now we're picking up from where we left off last week. Quoting the previous verse again, quote, To those who belong to the remembrance, and that is us, he, that's Logos, revealed the thought of which he had stripped himself. That would be his egoic striving, verse 98. Revealed the thought of which he had stripped himself means that Logos imparted to us his knowledge of the shadows and the fall. When we second-order powers come down to this material universe, we come not only with the good thoughts of the fullness of God, but we come down with the presumptuous thought that Logos had peeled off of himself and abandoned below. Quoting again, he revealed the thought of which he had stripped himself with the intention, pause, Why did Logos reveal knowledge of the shadows? What was his intention? He did so, quoting again, with the intention that it should draw them into a communion with the material. If we had not been given the knowledge of the shadows that form this material imitation, we wouldn't be able to meld ourselves to the material world. Our bodies are made of non-living mud at the material level. Our bodies, the subatomic particles, the atoms, the molecules and elements, are made from bits of the fall that add up to become the material of our physical universe. Knowledge of these shadowy bits was revealed to us in order for us to be able to stick the landing when our units of consciousness exit the ethereal plane and are born into this material world. This ability to merge the ethereal with the material is unique to the second order of powers. Eons and angels can't do it, because their power is in the spiritual places. Quote, 
All the spiritual places are in spiritual power. They are separate from the beings of the thought, since the power is established in an image, which is that which separates the pleroma from the logos, and it does not permit them to mix with the things which have come into being through a vision of the things which are with him. Our physical universe includes the things which have come into being through the vision that Logos brought with him when he fell. The spiritual powers are held apart from those bits of the fall. Life comes into the universe at the cellular level, not the atomic. The Demiurge has power to dispel the quantum chaos and bring order to the mud, but he can't directly control the meat. Living creatures, all the soft, squishy parts I referred to as meat, coat the hard, rocky places, the mud. We living creatures are the second order of powers. We humans are part of those of the remembrance who come into this realm at conception and are required to adhere to that demiurgic molecular level. Living organisms develop through the pattern of the fullness above as directed by Logos because we are the actual fractals of Logos. Our powers do not come from the fallen fractals of the demiurge. Those Fallen fractals of the ego of Logos comprise the material level only from the bottom up. But we of the remembrance, the psychical, thought-filled part, we come from the top down. All of the incredible variety of life comes from the intelligent design of the hierarchy of the fullness. As fractals, we replicate the patterns of the hierarchy. It is the consciousness and power of the fullness of God via the Pleroma of Logos that informs us and builds us up. It is the intelligence of the fullness that raises us up above the molecular level, forming our cells, forming our organ systems, forming our organisms, even going on to form our extended communities outside of our bodies, according to to the golden rule. We reach out to other units of consciousness to hold hands through free will, and we cooperate with each other to build something bigger and better than ourselves. That is the simple golden rule. We come in as a single cell imbued with life from the Holy Spirit, and then we have to build ourselves up into organisms. We do that by our cells holding hands with other cells and sharing information, physical assistance, love, and coherence. Love only comes from the top down. From the bottom up, it's the forces of strong material control, the bonds of the demiurge that hold particles, atoms, and molecules together. The demiurge's direct control stops at the molecular level. At that point, we are wedded to the material through the knowledge provided by Logos and the love of the fullness of God through the simple golden rule. The ego of the Demiurge doesn't act out of love. The Demiurge doesn't remember the Father, and it doesn't remember the fullness. It doesn't remember the self of Logos. 
It doesn't remember what love is. It is pure ego. Of course, the Demiurge is also built upon the pattern of the fullness of God, but he doesn't remember where it came from. He thinks he was self-engendered. So his version of me is to replicate the fullness of God as best he can. But he can't rise above the material level. It takes love and consciousness coming from above to grow us up beyond that. Returning to verse 98, quote, To those who belong to the remembrance, however, he revealed the thought of which he had stripped himself with the intention that it should draw them into a communion with the material. This was in order to provide them with a structure and a dwelling place. That's the Thomason translation. Our psychical and spiritual levels are welded onto this material level to give us a structure and a dwelling place, and in order that by being drawn toward evil, they should acquire a weak basis for their existence. End quote. Verse 98, Thomason. This material life we live is tenuous. It is a weak existence. That is why every material body gives up the ghost. By requesting immortality at the material level, we would be holding ourselves forever away from the eternal level. If you allow yourself to be wedded to the physical immortality, let's say in the manner of transhumanism, then you are being held by the demiurge very strongly in a very strong grip, and you will never be able to exit this realm. Going back home for us, means returning to the pleroma of Logos and the fullness of God. And if you want to be a transhumanist and have your consciousness downloaded into a computer, you're never going to make it back up there. You will never be able to go back home. By the way, I know it's a popular motif in science fiction, beginning back with Max Headroom, that you can download your consciousness into a computer matrix and survive in that manner. That is the hope and dream of the transhumanists, to achieve immortality through technological advancement. But I think in terms of these Gnostic Gospels, that's not really possible because our self is a top-down phenomenon. Our self is a reflection of the One. And our self quickly flees back to the fullness when given the chance, as Logos did after the fall, when Logos returned back to the fullness. We are fractals of Logos, and so we follow that pattern. Logos did not allow his self to be captured down here by the material. Logos returned to the fullness. So, I think that our self will not be captured, willingly or unwillingly, into a computer matrix or metaverse. The portion of us that would be moved into the metaversal matrix would not be our complete unit of consciousness, because it would not include the self. Nor would it be our second-order psychical level, because that is associated with the eons of the fullness. We are those of the remembrance. We are not those of the material, the hylix then what would be captured and stored in that metaversal matrix? Would it not be our meme shroud? 
You see, the humans that identify themselves exclusively with the hylic body, rather than with the spiritual or psychical units of consciousness, equate our meme shroud, our collection of experiences and beliefs, to nothing more than learned behaviors picked up after birth. They don't think we come in with any aeonic programming. They don't believe in intelligent design or pre-existent consciousness. They think we begin with birth. Like the Demiurge, they don't remember where they come from because they are aligned with the material. But we aren't created at birth. We aren't created at conception. We are created previous to that. We are created in the eternal, non-material realm. We are the fruit of the eons through Logos. So all that could be downloaded into the metaversal network will be our meme shroud, the things that attach to us on this material plane, the things that belong to the material, the things that did not exist from the beginning. And is that you? Does your meme shroud constitute your consciousness and yourself? Does it even constitute your mind and your psychical level? At best, it constitutes a fallen ego and everything that ego has acquired through karma and memes. But your psychical self and your big S self, those are eternal and they do not belong to the material realm. Therefore, I truly doubt our units of consciousness can be captured by the matrix of technological metaverse. And then just think about this. What kind of matrix would you find yourself in with only undiluted egos and worldly meme shrouds surrounding you? You would literally be living in a land filled with narcissism, which is almost what we have now, but not quite. Because we still have that little niggling remembrance of the Father, the fullness, and the virtues. That's our conscience. Imagine living in a metaverse where there is no remembrance at all. That's an apt description of hell, don't you think? Thus, the tripartite tractate explains, quote, so that we should acquire a weak basis for our existence, so that, instead of rejoicing unduly in the glory of their own environment and thereby remaining exiled, they might rather perceive the sickness they were suffering from, and that would be the ignorance and materiality, and so acquire a consistent longing and seeking after the one who is able to heal them from this weakness. End quote. Verse 98-99 from Thomason. The solution to finding immortality isn't by means of this material plane. It's through perceiving the sickness we suffer from and, quote, seeking after the one who is able to heal us from this weakness. End quote. Quote, it was a work of providence so that it might be found that it is a short time until man will receive the enjoyment of the things which are eternally good, in which is the place of rest. This the Spirit ordained when he first planned that man should experience the great evil, which is death, that is complete ignorance of the totality, and that he should experience all the evils which come from this, and after the deprivations and cares which are in these, that he should receive the greatest good, which is life eternal, that is, firm knowledge of the totalities, 
and the reception of all good things. End quote. Verse 107. Now, jumping ahead to the final part of section 3 of the Tripartite Tractate, which contains many missing words due to the damage of the original scroll, it says that, after the revelation of the Christ and the final repentance and redemption of all living creatures, quote, the Hylix will remain until the end for destruction, since they will not give forth their names, if they would return once again to that which will not be. As they were missing words, they were not missing words, but they were of use in the time that they were among them, although they were not missing words at first. End quote. That's verse 137. Despite the missing words, verse 137 seems to say that the Hylix will be destroyed, because they did not exist from the beginning. This indicates that the Hylix are not second-order powers, since they were not and so will not be. Quote, like that of all else is the creation of mankind as well. And that's another reference to the fractal nature of all things. Quoting again, the spiritual logos moved him invisibly, that being prototypical humankind, as he perfected him through the demiurge and his angelic servants. That would be the archons, which are imitations of angels in the fullness. Quoting again, who shared in the act of fashioning in multitudes. That would be the demiurge with his mud-up fashioning and logos with its spirit-down fashioning. Quote, like a shadow is earthly man, so that he might be like those who are cut off from the totalities. Also, he is something prepared by all of them, those of the right and those of the left, since each one of the orders gives a form to the body in which it exists. End quote, verse 104-105. This passage is saying that the Logos above influences the Demiurge down here in this three-part construction of humankind. Logos moves the Demiurge to build up our material bodies without the Demiurge realizing the influence that Logos has on him. The Demiurge constructs our bodies out of a multitude of particles, a universe of particles, atoms, and molecules that are put in place and held there through the rule of the Demiurgic and its archonic controllers. Quoting again, the body which the Logos who was defective brought forth, and that is the Demiurge, who was in the sickness did not resemble him, didn't resemble Logos, because he brought it forth forgetfully, ignorantly, and defectively, and in all the other weak ways, although the Logos gave the first form through the Demiurge out of ignorance so that he would learn that the Exalted One exists and would know that he needs him. This is what the prophet called living spirit and breath of the exalted eons and the invisible. And this is the living soul, which has given life to the power which was dead at first. For that which is dead is ignorance. End quote. Verse 105, Attridge and Mueller. 
In other words, the Demiurge is not a representation of the Pleroma of Logos, because the Demiurge emerged from the fall in chaotic ignorance. Into this chaos, Logos injected the Holy Spirit, otherwise known as the breath of the exalted eons, in order to bring life to the power which was dead at first. The tripartite tractate equates ignorance with death and the Holy Spirit with life. Quote, it is fitting that we explain about the soul of the first human being that it is from the spiritual Logos, while the Creator thinks that it is His. And again, that creator is the Demiurge. Again, quoting, Since it is from him, as from a mouth through which one breathes. End quote, verse 105. The Old Testament of the Bible describes the creation of humankind in the same way, but leaves out the part where the breath of life is actually imparted through the spiritual self of Logos, rather than the Lord God creator. Quote, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And that's Genesis 2-7 from the King James Version. The dust of the ground is the province of the Demiurge. The breath of life is an emanation from above through Logos. Quote, the Creator also sent down souls from his substance, since he too has a power of procreation, because he is something which has come into being from the representation of the Father. Also those of the left brought forth, as it were, men of their own, since they have the likeness of being. End quote. Verse 105-106. Now, I don't think that the men who are being created by the Demiurge are humans, I think that this is another word for the archons of the Demiurge. I don't agree with the idea that there are material humans, hylex, walking around that have been created by the Demiurge, because that's an impossibility. Humans are second-order creations from the pleroma of Logos and the fullness working together to create us. The archons have the likeness of being, but they are not beings. They are likenesses. And we have already learned that likenesses are no more than shadows and projections of the Demiurge. The Archons are created by the Demiurge because the Demiurge is, himself, an egoic representation of Logos and the Father above. And so his earthly bag of tricks includes the ability to procreate his version of life. But these creations of the Demiurge lack the living spirit that comes from above. They are projections of the ego of the Demiurge as he emulates the manner by which the Father extends consciousness into his emanations. The tripartite tractate goes on to say that, quote, The spiritual substance is a single thing and a single representation, and its weakness is the determination in many forms, end quote. Verse 106. So what this is saying is that the spiritual substance, that Holy Spirit that we were just hearing about, is a single emanation of the Father. The glory road is one quality of life and love. Whereas the likenesses of the Demiurge, its weakness, comes in many forms. 
But when people have their eyes onward and upward toward the Father and the fullness, that is one single emanation, one loving determination, and everyone gets along. The determinations in many forms is why people don't get along, why they have disagreements, why they can't see eye to eye. It's because weakness has so many forms, and they all arise from the matter. It's the hylic side. Quote, As for the substance of the psychics, that's our psychological nature, our middle part of our being, its determination is double, since it has the knowledge and the confession of the exalted one, and it is not inclined to evil because of the inclination of the good thought. As for the material substance, its way is different and in many forms, and it was a weakness which existed in many types of inclination. End quote. Verse 106. If you focus all of your attention, all of your science and academic knowledge, only on the material, you are only focusing on the hylic, be that the hylic within our human body or the hylic material of the hard and rocky places of the universe. Science cannot find the truth of existence by studying the hylic, because the hylic is not the truth. The hylic is ignorance of the truth. The truth of existence is the eternal knowledge of that which came from the beginning. Consciousness does not arise from the hylic. Consciousness comes from above. 